Beloved of God, God bless you on this Ash Wednesday. And what is Ash Wednesday? Here are a few thoughts with regard to its practice and its biblical foundations. Ash Wednesday as a practice is not commanded in the New Testament or in the Old Testament. But the practice of it does have deep rootedness in the New and the Old Testament. Here are some of the ways that it does. Ash Wednesday is the first day of Lent. That is the Lenten season, which simply comes from an old English word meaning beginnings or springtime. So it's at this time of the year that we celebrate Lent. And what is Lent? But a season of 40 days, excluding Sundays, that's why it always falls on a Wednesday, leading up to Easter. And it's a time of penitent preparation for the celebration of not only the week of the Passion, but of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. So it begins the season of Lent, the Lenten season, with Ash Wednesday. Its official name is Day of Ashes, so-called because of the practice of rubbing ashes on one's forehead in the sign of a cross. Now, I found some really interesting information from one of my favorite websites, gotquestions.org. And I'm going to share a little bit of that with you, along with some passages from the Bible that help us understand its rootedness in Scripture. It's not obligatory that we celebrate either Lent or that we celebrate Ash Wednesday. However, Christians for generations have observed this as an important period of time set aside every year to prepare our hearts to every year celebrate the resurrection of Jesus. This is one of the ways that believers have prepared themselves to properly enter in to a celebration of the Passion Week of Jesus and also to celebrate the resurrection. It's as though we're passing through the same kind of 40 days that Jesus did when he was in the desert in preparation for his earthly ministry, being tempted by the devil. And then he entered in to what became for us the resurrection life. And so as we celebrate it every year, it's important, perhaps, for many that we consider and contemplate a season of preparedness, of penitence, and even of sacrifice to identify with Christ in his passion and then identify fully in the resurrection. Since it is exactly 40 days, excluding Sundays, before Easter, it will always fall on a Wednesday. There cannot ever be an Ash Thursday or an Ash Friday. It's always going to be on Friday, and it is consistent with the, in the, the cyclic calendar of the church, the church calendar, the liturgical calendar that uh, many churches choose to follow. And uh, the Bible, of course, never mentions Ash Wednesday, and for that matter, it never mentions Lent. But that doesn't mean that we shouldn't do it, because the Bible doesn't mention a lot of things in about ways to worship and things that we do, and that doesn't stop us from doing them, and it doesn't make those things necessarily unbiblical. For example, I can't find anywhere in the Bible, no matter how much I want to find it, that after church on Sunday, churches are supposed to gather around donuts and coffee. But that doesn't make the donuts and the coffee unbiblical, because the fellowship, the time of the church encouraging one another, of celebrating life together in Jesus as friends and family in God. That's rooted in the Bible. And so this more spiritual practice, though not expressly commanded in the New Testament, is rooted in Old and New Testament principles. Lent is intended to be a time of self-denial, of moderation. Many people choose to fast and a time of forsaking sinful activities and habits. Really, the idea of Lent is to every year remove distractions from the prayerful 
with God life that God is calling us to. And if we see that we're blockaded spiritually with some kind of consequence of a certain sinful practice in our life, the idea is here's an opportunity to set that aside. And when participants in an Ash Wednesday service come forward and they receive the mark of the cross with the ashes, they're sort of saying to one another, listen, we're going to identify with a penitent time with repentance in general and the pastor or the priest who's applying the ashes is reminding them. He often says, from ashes you, uh, from, uh, from ashes you, you were born, uh, to ashes you will return. Or he says, uh, repent and believe. And the idea is that when you come forward, the priest or the pastor is applying that cross symbolically, reminding you that you and all of your sinfulness, you as you are, not as you should be, you are wanted and forgiven and redeemed in Jesus Christ. That practice has meaning in so much as it is rooted in that spiritual reality. It's a time of moderation, of fasting, and the forsaking of sinful activities and habits. Ash Wednesday commences a period of spiritual discipline. And those 40 days, excluding Sundays, are supposed to commemorate uh, the general practice of spiritual discipline in our lives. So it's not like just a religious box checking and now here you go, do this for 40 days and you're good to go. No, it's a time of spiritual exercise, which ought to and has the potential of leading us into new habits. So it's a 40-day period to make new habits, to be more penitent in this season so that later in the rest of the year, we're on the path of increasing growth in Jesus because of having taken a time. It's like spiritual exercise. It's like working out. You're not going to go to the gym and instantly become a new man, a new woman. No, but going to the gym regularly with consistency, walking regularly with consistency, eating a little better regularly and with consistency will set you on a path to end up a little further along in that direction. So Ash Wednesday and Lent are most often observed by Catholics, and there are some Protestant denominations and individual churches who do. The Eastern Orthodox Church does not observe Ash Wednesday. I didn't know that. I thought that they did, and I learned from a little bit of research that, in fact, they celebrate something called Clean Monday. I'm going to have to look in more to understanding what that means. So while the Bible does not mention Ash Wednesday, it does record accounts of people in the Old Testament. This was a distinctly Jewish tradition and an ancient way of thinking, using dust and ashes as symbols of repentance and or mourning. Here's a couple of examples. 2 Samuel 13 and verse 19. The Bible says this, And Tamar put ashes on her head and tore the long robe that she wore, and she laid her hand on her head and went away crying aloud as she went. And then also, here's another example, Esther chapter 4 and verse one, here it says, when Mordecai learned all that had been done, this concerning the, destru- the potential destruction of the Jews, Mordecai tore his clothes and put on sackcloth and ashes and went out in the midst of the city and he cried out loud with a loud and bitter cry. So, uh, and, and famously, there's the example of Job, who when all of the destruction had come to his house, he sat in wearing sackcloth in ashes to publicly put on display his uh, his, his, his heartbreak, his mourning, his pain. And also, the practice could be done uh, to mourn over one's own sin and separation from God. And it was done publicly. 
So there are those people who say, hey, wait a second, why are Catholics doing that when if you're going to declare a fast, Jesus says, and we'll read that uh, passage of Scripture here in a minute, Jesus says to do it privately. Well, there is also the biblical example of public mourning and also even the nation being called to mourn publicly and to seek the Lord and to repent of their sin. So there is a biblical rootedness to that. The real issue here is the spirit into which we enter into it. While the Bible does not mention Ash Wednesday, we can see just from a few passages that it is rooted in biblical principles. The modern tradition of rubbing a cross on a person's forehead helps them to identify with the person of Jesus Christ. Again, it's as if the priest or the pastor is saying, you belong to Christ. You and all of your sin, everything you are, not what you should be, has been redeemed, forgiven, wrapped up in the glory of God as expressed at the shame of the cross, where God says, I'll take you and everything about you, and then transfers that shame into glory just as we are resurrected with jesus spiritually even as our bodies were put to death with him on that cross so it's important in that way now should a christian observe ash wednesday since the bible nowhere explicitly commands or condemns such a practice i would agree with the writer of this article from gotquestions.org that christians are at liberty to prayerfully decide whether or not to observe Ash Wednesday. And here at First Congregational Church, we're not distinctly observing Ash Wednesday. Nobody's getting these ashes rubbed on their forehead. Nothing like that is happening. But we are encouraged, I think, that this season of Lent is a meaningful time to consider our own mourning and our own pain. Tomorrow, I'll begin six weeks of a grief share program that I created years ago called the Sacred Journey. And we'll share our grief with one another. We'll do a kind of sacramental you know holy sacred activity of bearing our burdens with one another and i like to do it during the season of lent so that it calls people in a similar direction to consider their own pain to put to, to publicly at least in a small group share with the share with the other participants their hurts and their and their loss and their grief and their mourning and their suffering so that during the lenten journey we can be looking forward to the resurrection of Christ even as we look forward to the healing salve of the Holy Spirit in our lives that most commonly comes through the warm embrace of fellow followers of Jesus Christ. That's just one example of a way we can use this season to grow in our spiritual journey. If a Christian decides to observe Ash Wednesday and or Lent, it is important to have a biblical perspective. I think that's the key. Jesus warned us against making a show of our fasting. He says in Matthew chapter 6, verses 16 through 18, this. When you fast, do not look somber as the hypocrites do, for they disfigure their faces to show men they are fasting. I tell you the truth, they have already received their reward in full. But when you fast, put oil on your head and wash your face so that it will not be obvious to men that you are fasting, but only to your Father who is unseen. You see, the idea of, of Ash Wednesday and, and receiving the ashes symbolically uh, with regard to one's repentance and the salvation that is in Jesus, and then the idea of not fasting in order to boast, they're not at war with each other. I, I, at least I don't see them as at war with each other because I think we must not allow spiritual discipline to become spiritual pride. That's the idea found in Matthew chapter 6. But to publicly declare, I am with God by repentance 
and I am a child of salvation by faith, and the grace of God is covering me, and to symbolically go to your gathering place, to your meeting house, to your church, and participate in an Ash Wednesday service, certainly that doesn't seem to be at war with anything Jesus is saying in Matthew chapter 6. So long as the communal gathering leads to personal, direct devotion and uplifts one another to challenge one another, as the Bible says, onto love and good works. You see, it's really a question of the heart, the intent and the attitude of the heart. It is a good thing to repent of sinful activities, but that's something Christians should do every day, whether or not they're going to participate in some kind of a service on Ash Wednesday. They should do that every day, not just during Lent. It's a good thing to clearly identify oneself as a Christian. But again, this should be an everyday identification. So if we go and we participate in an Ash Wednesday service, we should leave that place more properly oriented to publicly put our faith on display all the time. Jesus said, if you deny me before men, I'll deny you before my Father in heaven. In Romans it says, he who confesses with his mouth and believes in his heart that Jesus is raised from the dead, he shall be saved. So there most certainly is a place in the Christian life for publicly declaring that we are aligned with God by faith, that he saved us by grace. That's a part of the mission and mandate found in Matthew chapter 28, that we're all supposed to be making disciples, putting Jesus on display, humbling ourselves in the sight of God and letting him raise us up. And then when he raises us up, giving glory to God. It's also good to remember that no ritual can make one's heart right with God. So today, whether or not ashes shall adorn your forehead or mine, let us be like Job. Let us recognize that in our suffering, in our mourning, that it's okay to lament. Let us be like the prodigal son, who at the end of his rebellion realized his father would receive him back. He thinking only he would receive him back as a servant, but come to find out, he gave him back the full glory of the Son. Likewise, let's remember to be like those who would live consistently with what Jesus commands in Matthew chapter 6. Not to piously, pompously put our virtue on display, letting everybody know we're fasting and this is what we're doing. But with a right heart, connected to God, what sins are in our lives that we need to take the next 40 days of discipline to remove them so that they will stop blockading our spiritual growth and advancement in the direction of our Savior. And maybe address those things, personally or with counsel. Listen, I'm praying for you today on this Ash Wednesday, and I'm looking forward to the next 40 days, because I know that the Lord will do a great deal in our hearts when we humble ourselves in His sight and trust Him to lift us up. God bless you, beloved. And have a blessed day. And I'm hoping to see anyone whom God is calling to come to the church tomorrow to begin six sessions of the sacred journey. But whether you come and participate in that or not, or whether you're not a direct member or participant in the life of this church, listen, God is calling you to clean the heart. And that has only to do with accepting that God loves you as you are, not as you should be, and then moving more and more in his direction, humbly, as he guides and directs. God bless you today. Amen.